Hello, my name is Ferran Glenfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. And I'm speaking to you on a windswept, soft Irish summer's day. It's summertime, months of July and August, and we are permitted to go back to church. But not all of our churches will be open due to the COVID restrictions and social distancing. And not all of you will want to return to church because of a nervousness, or because of underlying health issues, or because you've got different responsibilities. And so we're going to produce services online for you. In July, the services will be uh, the same uh, as what we've been doing during lockdown. They'll be coming from various churches with uh, a number of our clergy and lay people reading the, leading them. Uh, and in August, we're going to use some of the streamed services that had been made during lockdown so that you can see what was going on even though the churches were closed. Whatever the circumstances, you're very welcome to use these services and I do pray that you will enjoy the services and be blessed by them. God bless. Well, good morning, everybody. It's dawn on Easter Sunday morning. I'm here outside Baileyborough Church overlooking the town. We should have been meeting here, of course, for our Easter sunrise service this morning. Uh, but because of what's going on in our world, we can't, of course. So I thought I'd come here uh, first thing in the morning on your behalf. No amount of crisis in the world changes the fact uh, that the Lord is risen. And so we celebrate the resurrection this Easter Sunday. This is the day that dispels the darkness. This is the day that proclaims God's love. This is the day that celebrates life. This is the day that reveals what is good. Christ is risen. Alleluia.
God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to intercede for us in heaven and to bring us to eternal life. Let us then confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandment and to live in love and peace. And so let us pray. Almighty Father, look with mercy on this your family, for which our Lord Jesus Christ was content to be betrayed and given up into the hands of wicked men and to suffer death upon the cross. We thank you for all the benefits you have won for us, for the pains and insults which you have borne for us. Most merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, may we, by knowing more about you, learn to follow in your steps of humility and sacrifice. And we say together, Lord Jesus Christ, take me along that holy way you once took to your death. Take my mind, my memory, above all my reluctant heart, and let me see what you did for love of me and all the world. Lord Jesus Christ, we confess we have failed you as did your first disciples, and we ask for your mercy and your help. Our selfishness betrays you. Lord, forgive. Christ, have mercy. We fail to share the pain of your suffering. Lord, forgive. Christ, have mercy. We run away from those who abuse you. Lord, forgive. Christ, have mercy. We are afraid of being known to belong to you. Lord, forgive. Christ, have mercy. The Lord enrich you with his grace and nourish you with his blessing. The Lord defend you in trouble and keep you from all evil. The Lord accept your prayers and absolve you from your offences. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 118, beginning at verse 1. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. And resuming at verse 14. The Lord is my strength and my song, he has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live. I recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely. He has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them. 
and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and become my salvation. Stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvellous in our eyes. This is the day of the Lord that he has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. I will give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Gospel of our Saviour Christ according to John chapter 20 and beginning at the first verse. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one 
Jesus loved and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking it was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Rejoice, 
one heart, one voice, O Church of Christ, rejoice. Come young and old from every land, men and women of the faith. Come those with whom our empty hands find the riches of his grace. Over all the world his people sing, for to sure we hear them call. The truth that cries through every age, our God is all in all. Rejoice, rejoice, let every tongue rejoice. One heart, one voice, O Church of Christ, rejoice. Thank you so much, Charles and Breeder. That was beautiful. It's a lovely song, and we're so grateful to you for contributing that. And wonderful to hear, too, also from Karen Ronnie reading the Gospel just a few moments ago. So I speak in the name of the one true and living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to choose a favourite hymn that is sung as part of our Christian worship. I'm going to take time to look at the story of who wrote the hymn, what inspired them to write the hymn, some life event perhaps, and what that hymn and the story of their life communicates about the important things of the Christian faith. And then how those truths, the story of the hymn writers' lives, how they might impact and change our lives. Well, the hymn that I've chosen for today is a hymn that is written by Isaac Watts, and it's the hymn when I survey the wondrous cross. Isaac Watts was born in Southampton in 1674. He was the eldest of eight children. He was brought up in the home of a committed nonconformist. What is a nonconformist? Well, a nonconformist was someone who refused to conform to the established church of the day. And this had a far-reaching impact on Isaac Watts's life. His father, also called Isaac Watts, had in fact been jailed twice for his rebellious and controversial views against the established church. In fact, Isaac Watts's mother gave birth to him while her husband was in jail, and she regularly nursed her infant son on the jail steps in the course of visiting her husband. Young Isaac, though, was plainly intelligent. By the age of four, had not only become fluent in English, but he had learned Latin. By the age of nine, he was a Greek speaker. By the age of 11, he was a French speaker. And by the age of 13, he had mastered the language of Hebrew. In his teens, a doctor recognized the boy's intellectual gifts, and he offered to finance the young Isaac Watts at the prestigious colleges of Oxford or Cambridge. But regardless of his brilliance, Watts could not be admitted to either university. Why? Because he would have to renounce his ways and conform to Anglicanism. 
the established church of the day, of which his father was so dead set against. So as a result, he went to a nonconformist academy. His education then led him to the pastorate of a large independent church in London, but it's his hymns that have been his greatest legacy. To Isaac Watts, the singing of God's praise was the ultimate form of worship. By age 50, he was a national figure. He was esteemed now by Anglicans and nonconformists alike. In his hymns, Isaac Watts took the word of God, of which he must have been a very diligent student, and he distilled it as all the best hymn writers do. He took all the wisdom and the beauty and the comfort of God's word, and he set all that depth, that richness of God's word before us in a very straightforward but powerful way in the hymns that he writes. Some of the hymns that Watts writes are some of the great hymns that we sing on many different occasions. O God, our help in ages past. Jesus shall reign where'er the sun. Joy to the world. And perhaps the greatest composition is the hymn that we're now going to look at for a few moments when I survey the wondrous cross. Such an appropriate hymn as we've journeyed through Holy Week, through the cross of Good Friday, as we celebrate not only the empty tomb, but we celebrate the empty cross. In this great hymn, Watts uses only 16 lines of verse. He paints a soul-stirring picture of the Saviour's death on that cross, coupled with the wholehearted response of the believer to such amazing love. It seems that Isaac Watts wrote this text as if he were standing at the foot of the cross. I've said this often, for me, at the foot of the cross, all are equal. And so if we imagine for a few moments, standing from that viewpoint that Isaac Watts writes this wonderful hymn, we find, of course, that it is a place, as the hymn begins, of great sorrow, and it's a hymn of great humility. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. My richest gain, I count but loss, and I pour contempt on all my pride. Sounding very much like the Apostle Paul, who writes very similar sentiments in many of his epistles. And as Watts writes on, he writes this sense of deep humility, and that response that each of us should have to the cross, to Jesus. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God, all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. This is a difficult time in our world, in our land, in our communities, and in our lives. It's challenged all of us to reassess, to reassess the motivations we have in life, to reassess what drives us, what we strive for each day. 
and perhaps to reassess where God is in our lives and the power of the cross for our lives. Our prayer should be the words that Isaac Watts writes. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them, I give my life to his blood. And you know, as we've journeyed through the events of Holy Week and Good Friday this week, how fitting it is to reflect on the finished work of Jesus, on the cross that is empty, in the tomb that is empty, on that new beginning where we heard in our Gospel reading that the women go and they find the tomb empty and their sorrow in a momentary meeting with Jesus in the garden is turned to joy. That's what the cross is. That's what the empty tomb means for us. And again in verse 3 of our hymn, Isaac Watts puts it so beautifully. And do you know if we ever doubt God's love for us, if we ever doubt what God was willing to do for you and for me, then listen to these words. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet or thorns compose so rich a crown? It reminds us of just exactly, doesn't it, how much God loves us that he was willing to send his only son to die for us. And as we reach verse 4, what finishes with the most passionate, yet the simplest of challenges, as we ask, what does Easter mean for us? As I said in my Euro sermon a little while ago, what is our response to the cross to be? and indeed the empty tomb of this Easter morning. In these extraordinary times, what is our response to God who reaches out and invites us in to a living relationship with him? Will our response be apathetic? Will our response be indifferent? As it is for many. Or will we respond with utter devotion and love to the living God. The words Watts writes are a way to help us who sing this hymn to recommit, to refresh, to renew, even for the first time to reach out to God, knowing that even though we are sinners, we are loved by God. Even though we may feel far from God, that God invites us to come closer. And in a loving and in a new way to respond to God in our lives, to follow him and to serve him. Listen to these incredible words and maybe make them your prayer on this Easter morning. Where their whole realm of nature mine that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine. 
It demands my soul, my life, my all. That's what the cross of Jesus asks of us. That's what the empty tomb expects of us. That with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds, with every part of us, that we would respond to God's love with our life, with our all. Why don't you do that today? Why don't you in these extraordinary times reach out to God and accept that invitation of love to follow him in your life and to know his grace, his love, his forgiveness and his mercy in a new and a fresh way today? How do we do that? It's simply by humbly coming before God Acknowledging that we are a sinner before him. We have all done things wrong that hurt God, that separate us from God. Acknowledging our need of God in our lives. By confessing that we need God. And simply opening up our heart and our lives to the living God and saying yes. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Saying to God, be part of my life. Come, Jesus, and be part of my life. Fill me anew and afresh with the Holy Spirit. Come and live within me. So that I may have no doubt. So that I may know today and every day your hope, your love, your presence in this life. And at the end of our lives, too, that we may know the assurance that we will dwell with God forever, for eternity, because of that decision today to follow him and to ask Jesus to be our Lord and our Saviour. Demands my soul, my life, my all. Don't put that off till tomorrow. Don't be apathetic. Don't be indifferent. Embrace it. In 1739, at the age of 65, Isaac Watts sadly suffered a stroke that left him unable to write. So a secretary was provided for his dictated poems and hymns. Isaac Watts eventually wrote a total of more than 600 hymns, earning him quite rightly the title, The Father of English Hymnody. Isaac Watts died peacefully on November the 25th, 1748 and was laid to rest in Bunhill Field Cemetery in London. So on this Easter day, as we give thanks to the living God for Isaac Watts, we praise God for the truths that are contained in that wonderful hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. And as we stand now to sing them together, hopefully they will be for us a way of affirming our love for God, the risen Saviour, and our total desire to serve and to follow him exclusively in our lives. And it's in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit,
that I share and I speak to his praise, to his glory and to his honour alone. Amen. And so let's join together in the words that will appear on the screen when I survey the wondrous cross.
We're going to affirm our faith in the risen Lord. And again, you'll see the words appear on the screen. Let us declare our faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised to life on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Afterwards, he appeared to his followers and to all the apostles. This we have received and this we believe. Amen. Together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that Jesus died to rescue us from our sin and from all suffering. Thank you that he really did rise from the dead. And this gives certain hope for the future for all who trust him. We praise you that our King Jesus has all authority and won't run out of resources. Please help us in the midst of the suffering of the coronavirus to trust Jesus and to help others to trust him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you are a God of relationships. We praise you that you are Father, Son and Holy Spirit and that you've made us social creatures and have given us families to grow up in. We pray for all who are separated from loved ones today because of travel or other restrictions. Please may we trust you to care for our loved ones and especially to keep them from loneliness. We pray especially for those in hospital or care homes. Please help them to understand and to know that we still love them even when we can't see them. And may they know the truth of Jesus' words that he is with his followers always to the end of the age. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our doctors and nurses, for all healthcare professionals and carers. Please give them energy and wisdom at this time. Keep them from despair and give them strength and energy. We pray for those who've become unwell through caring for others. Please give them a speedy recovery and trust in your risen and ruling son. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sovereign Lord, you made the world and everything in it. We thank you that you rule over all and give wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. We thank you for the fair distribution of resources here in Ireland. We pray for countries where our Christian brothers and sisters are missing out on help simply because they follow you. We pray especially for Christians in Pakistan and India. We thank you for the work of Church in Chains and pray that you'll provide for the Christians and ensure the fair distribution of aid. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In a moment of quiet, we remember those known to us who are suffering in any way at this time. Let's have a moment of quiet to bring them to the Lord.
Lord Jesus Christ, who has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, please hear our prayer for all that are in trouble and distress. Please draw them to yourself, that they may find the comfort and strength which you alone can give. And grant to all of us a loving heart and ready hand to help, that serving the needs of others, we may show forth our love and gratitude to you, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we end, Lord, we ask your blessing on us as your church. The blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us this day and evermore. And may the power that raised Jesus from the dead go with us in this week ahead of us.